This is a subjective experience. So in a subjective experience, an appearance can seem real. Yes? Exactly. Does it give a reality to that appearance? No, only to you. Yeah? This is a subjective experience here. Every one of us, as we're walking down during the day, we're giving meaning to things, our apparatus. Yes? Mostly based from memory. So what occurs is information comes in, it gets referred back to your memory library, and then something, it reminds the, mem the memory bank of something, and then you have a feeling, oh, I remember that. That's how I felt years ago when I saw a tree just like that. Yes? So the memory conjures up a subjective experience. That's what it does. Everyone who sees that tree does not have the same experience of seeing the tree. Yes? The seeing of the tree is the same, but the experience of it, the interpretation of it is subjective. Yeah. So everyone here is having a subjective experience. We're giving meaning to things all day. Yeah. Now, you and I give meaning to appearances as being real. And one of the ways we make them seem real is that we think they were there in the past and therefore will be there in the future. Yes? But you can't even take a plane to the past. Can you? You can't, there's no airport to land in the past. There's no like five-star hotel or a taxi you can take into town. There is no past, yes? Yet, you want to know, you want to say, well, there was a wave at Cronkite last Wednesday. But that past, so you're trying to give an authority to an appearance by making another appearance seem real. Well, there was a past, yes? But there isn't a past, is there? You can't go there, can you? It's not locatable. You can't fly there. You can't taste it, touch it. All you can do is it can be conjured up in thought and memory. Yeah? And it's a feeling or an idea or an event that is given the name, it had happened. Yes? Because it has no relevance whatsoever except by that it happened once. Yes? It doesn't have any relevance today, does it? Literally. I mean, if I'm surfing, I'm not surfing last Wednesday's wave, Cronkite, or I'm going to be dry as hell while I'm talking about surfing. There's no, nothing's happening. Yeah? My mind can be thinking about it, and feelings can be conjured up from memory, but that's just another level of interpretation. Yeah? So, the ocean is the ocean, and it appears as a wave. Therefore, there is no wave. There's only an appearance of the wave, which is always going to be the ocean. There's never going to be an appearance of the wave in this example as being anything other than the ocean. Without the ocean, there's no appearance of the wave. The wave that we're talking about. Of course, there's light waves and there's sound waves, but that would also be based on sound and light. Yes? So there's got to be a source where that... And so, in fact, the wave has no existence other than the light. It's expressing a light. Yes? The light is expressing itself as a wave and then it expresses itself as a particle. But the particle and the wave have no existence. They're just a movement of light. Yeah? So a wave has no existence except for as a movement of ocean. Yeah? So an appearance is what we give. We see the movement of ocean and we call it a wave. It's one of the first things that we do here is to give name and form to everything. Yes? So here I am. The first was, there was an awareness, oh, I am. Yes? So the I am, 
initiated the first question. They talk about who am I as a giant practice, but your mind did it a long time ago. It recognized the oddness of life and went, who am I? And it said, I'm me. And that me is a you, a body. So it took itself, it took the demonstration of what it was to be something, yes? And it gave it name, Paul, or James, yes? And then it gave it form, body, name and form. And it's been doing that with everything else it comes in contact with, yes? Giving everything name and form. So the ocean is the ocean, and it one of its appearances is called a wave. There's no inherent existence here as a wave. So yes, there was an appearance, and yet there's never been an appearance called a wave. It's always just been the ocean. Yeah? Actually, I'll tell there. Well, I'm going to take you to Cronkite, then you'll know. We'll go swim, we'll go surfing, and you'll get the experience of what it is. If you can tell me where the ocean stops and a wave starts, then I'll let you have the answer. Yeah? You can tell me, all right, ocean, ocean, wave! Where is this? Where is the distinction where ocean stops being ocean and wave begins? Tell me. You know? Or is it just an extended movement of ocean that your mind says, wave? Do you think like a dolphin swimming in the ocean says, wave? It's riding, let's say, in the ocean, 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 then it comes into a wave, it goes, wave! I'm on a wave now. No? It's probably ocean, 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 ocean. There's no uh, confusion about ocean and wave, yeah? Wave is just an appearance. So let's say you and I are an appearance. Just like this chair is an appearance. This chair is appearing in this space, obviously, yeah? called this room, space, yes? This chair is appearing in it. Now, if we, we do this all the time, but if you move the chair and you moved it out of the room, would you have any knowledge that it was here? That's right, exactly. That's the only knowledge, that's the only existence it would have, would be in memory. Yes? No, it's an appearance in the memory. Yes, it's not an existence. Why should you say there is no appearance that it's in memory? Hmm? Why say there is no appearance? Because the sense of an appearance when, where you're sharing it is that it has a certain existence as an appearance, which it doesn't have. In memory? No, it doesn't. You wrote on it. Where's memory? Where's the memory? Where's this existence? Show it to me. Where's the existence of memory? Can you see it? Hear it? Feel it? Taste it? Touch it? It's an activity, yeah? A fine? In the movie, E2, B2, whatever the Princess Leia talking to you. Or a TV or a movie can do the same thing. So in this movie, you're talking to me. I'm just trying to understand what you mean by if there would never happen. Is it happening now? So therefore, it's never happened. What's, ha what's truly happening is always happened. Yeah? It's sort of like gravity. Because it's always affecting us, we don't know it's having any effect. What's truly always happening, which is consciousness, is always happening. Everything else is an appearance in consciousness, and in fact is actually not happening. Yes? Because it's just an appearance in what's always happening. Yeah? But if without the sense of what's always happening, 
as the reality, then appearance will seem to be happening. Yeah. Because you as an appearance seem to be happening. Yes. So when that's recognized, okay, there's a verb called happening, yes, but it doesn't have any, any inherent existence, it's only appearing in what's always happening. Yes? It's an appearance. Therefore, it has no existence other than appearing in what's always happening. That help you a little? Yeah. It's just a, the idea that it never happened. It's kind of boring. Well, good. Sit with it then. One feeling you'll have here, I, feel, I don't know if you'll have it, who knows. The feeling is when something occurs, it's like it never happened. Yeah? It has really no... It, it, it's only life is in your interpretation and in your memory. It has no existence after it appears, because it never had an existence. It just appeared, and now it's not appearing. But what's going on is always happening. Why not say it appeared for its moment? Because I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not here to please you. Yeah, I'm here to confuse you and irritate you. I'm not meant to bend what I'm, how I'm seeing it, to, so, so it conforms to the way you want it to be seen. Jesus Christ! That wouldn't be serving you at all. Look at how all your, how all your understandings have served you right now. Why would you want to have this understanding bent to that? To me, this is exactly what we said before. You fit, instead of trying to fit things around you, you fit you around things. Yes. So this understanding isn't meant to be fit in you. It's meant to, for you to be looked at and, give, and seen as not being so, and that's fitting around it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole self-centeredness is always that. I want to have an understanding that works for me. It'll never work for you. It won't. This is not the point. The point isn't, oh, I found another strategy that works for me now. <laughs> this is about having something irritate or create a little friction that maybe instead of looking from you all day, you'll look sort of at you. Yeah? You'll see that you're an appearance just like the wave is in the ocean. That you have no relevance whatsoever except it's sort of like, where are waves taken? Where is there any relevance for waves in a world of waves? Yeah? Literally. We're taking ourselves to be an appearance, so for us to take ourselves to be real as an appearance, we must give the meaning of reality to other appearances. Or we'd be constantly in that question of, who am I? We'd just be sitting here in the state of, I don't know, at all times totally free from any preconceived concept of name and form. But because we want to give meaning to things and make them real, it gives us a sense of being real. Ah. And so then we can go talk about, well, what's real? The appearance of the wave, appearance wave, and you're missing the big boat. Yeah. Does Wednesday have, doesn't, does Wednesday feel like it never happened? Why is that? Because it never did happen. You know when you were a kid you had feelings? They were the most right-on feelings you ever occurred. Yeah? But your head, the logic of the mind wants to dispute it all the time. Don't you get a feeling like after a day is done? It's like it never happened. What the hell? What is that thing called Friday? What happened, you know? It's just like all this stuff occurred and then it stopped occurring. Isn't it? So it has a sense like nothing ever happened. 
that's like leading you into what's always happening. Yeah? Because if you're involved with what's always, what seems to be happening, that attention will become tunnel vision and you'll miss the wholeness of what's always going on. Yeah? And when that's felt, you'll really feel sometimes like nothing ever happened. It just goes... Things are just getting tossed up. It's like a like an eternal salad, you know, just getting tossed and tossed and tossed and tossed and tossed and tossed. And that's the freedom. The freedom is in I don't know. The freedom is in that state of I don't know, because then you live in finding out. Yes. So find out if there's a wave or an ocean. Don't listen to some authority about it or a pseudo authority. Find out. Let it take you in, you know? Let it get you, it's like entering a Chinese dump puzzle, whatever. You'll get caught in there and your self can't get out of self. And sometimes that's a great bit of information. Why you can't get out of something? Because it's not in anything. There is no self to get out of. That's one of the mysteries that always gets missed. The best way out of a situation is to realize it's an imaginary situation. Because then there's absolutely nothing you need to do to get out of it. It's so clean and perfect. It, it immediately takes you out of time and linear story into timelessness or pause. Yeah? You're in a pause. In that pause, nothing's happening and everything happens from. say, when you see something done, yes, don't you feel like there has to be a doer? It would seem so. So the system that first receives the information of life, its system is anytime there's a verb that's seen, it has to it has a tendency to imply that it must be a noun. That's why we have the idea of God, too. Because there was things that seemed like no human did it, so okay, God must have done it. There's always implanting an idea of a, a subject doing something. Yes? Your head cannot receive a day without thinking there's a doer of it. Because all you're seeing is verbs going on, happenings and deeds and things, and the mind cannot rock it or understand it in any other way, but there must be a doer of this. It's, so I didn't do it. She didn't do it. It must have been God did it. God's will shine on my life today. God saved me today. Or whatever it may be. There's always a need to find a doer. Isn't there in your system of thought? In that? And in that system of thought, and you have your own personal experience of it, in that system of thought, when you think of you, how do you think of you? As a thing. When you think of you in the past, how do you think of you? And when do you think of you as a f in the future, how do you think of you? It cannot escape that. The system that most of us are sitting here relying on as our navigational tool in this life takes us to be a thing. You may call it a spiritual thing, but it's still a thing. It's always going to be a thing. That system can't think outside of its own system. Yeah? Self can't get out of self. Yes? So a thing is trying to feel, sense the ocean and wave. So a thing is trying to see 
Why isn't an appearance not a thing? Because in a sense, why isn't disappearance not a thing? Really? Yeah. Its logic is so small, it can't get out of the system. So when you think of you, when you feel you, you feel you as a thing. When you tell a story about life, even if it's a spiritual story, it's made into a journey, which implies a body, doesn't it? Any narrative of a journey means there's something that's traveling from one point to another point. You tell me if you can take a picture of a journey by a spirit. And does a spirit run into, like, getting up the top of mountains, arduously climbing to a peak? No. A body has a little exhaustive day when it does that, doesn't it? And when a vista's finally gotten to, and then there's this incredible view, what's having that incredible view? A body. Yeah? So even spirituality has been cast in the terms of being a body. That's what it is. This, this system can't think outside of you being a body. And it's never going to find an exit. It's just running around like this. But, 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 but in its system, in this system, you will always be the final authority. You as a body. So now you're taking yourself to be a doer. All right, there's verbs happening. There must be a doer. All right? Then there's verbs on a larger scale happening. There must be a God. It goes the same thing. It's the same system. Narrating one in a smaller package to a bigger package. Where it leaves your little subjectiveness. It becomes God is the one that's doing things. How could God be killing all these children in this world? Because you see the act of children getting killed, so there must be a freaking doer, isn't there? Has to be a doer from our point of view, yes? So what the same thing, when you run into that predicament in that looking at the whole world, you're running into it every day in your little head when you drive the Whole Foods. There's a sense of James as a thing doing something. And then James as a thing thinks what it should have done or shouldn't have done. And then James, as a thing, goes on, well, what have I done in the past that worked, and what have I, should I do in the future? And all it is is selfing, isn't it? The mind is just selfing, telling the whole story about this whole event based on being the subject as a thing. Yeah? And other subjects as other things are imposing their will on me. My wife is another thing that's driving me crazy, and this and that and that. And it's just... If that's not looked at, where else, where are you going to go? Wherever you're going to go, you're going to go as a thing. When you start becoming spiritual, it'll be as a thing. You'll become a spiritual thing, which is a lot more dangerous than a non-spiritual thing. Because now you think you're better. And then certain things that you do will seem to have a lot more importance than other things that you do. So if you have the spiritual bug that bit you, you'll think meditation is more important than putting out the garbage. Because it's something that you, as a thing, has to do to become a spiritual thing. And the garbage is a nuisance. It's something I have to do because I have a house and it's garbage there. So, so the head will constantly give meaning to everything, but it's coming from a certain point. I'm entertaining the idea, what is that point? I'm saying it's called self-centeredness. And self-centeredness is all your thoughts, all your feelings are centered and dictated and reinforce and reinforce the idea of being a thing. Yeah? And that is the that's the perfect impediment to being a spirit. Yeah? 
if there is a sense of spirit, and then you are a thing, and now that feeling of wanting to know you, yourself gets interpreted as, I'm going to know, I'm going to become spiritual as a thing, because that's what happens, yes? That noble feeling of, yeah, I'd really like to feel what I truly am. When it comes from being a thing, that becomes a spiritual journey. Yes? And now a thing is trying to become spiritual. So now it looks at meditation. Well, that's going to advance my spirituality as a thing much more than putting out the garbage. So, you know, fuck the garbage, I'm going to meditate. And then if you don't meditate that day, your whole day's interpretation is the day sucks. I miss my meditation. Can I take off at lunch early and run home, sit on the cushion, get that hour in? Teaching is like having a spiritual accountant up there. <laughs> okay, meditating. Okay, you're okay. You can walk around looking lovely and gazing at everyone. But if you miss your meditation, <laughs> you're just a product of mind, aren't you? Another product of mind. Running around this incredible journey. Yeah. Yes, this journey of this spiritual journey is going to be very hard. There's going to be a lot of purification. How much does a spirit need to be purified? You can't even see it. I mean, it's past the point of purification. You know what I mean? It's disappeared to, in the world of things. But I have to purify what? A thing? So that the thing can receive the spirit? <laughs> That's like putting the cart in front of the horse. The spirit is the beginner and the end of all, and yet we want to make it something that when the physicality gets to a certain condition, I'll be able to receive the spirit. Like my friend said the other day, oh, someone said yes, if you live a certain way, you'll let the light in. No, it's all about letting the light out. There's no letting any light in. That's always from the thing perspective. As if you're a door that's blocking the light out. And if I, and the door has the lock on the inside. It's not locked outside. It's all based on your ideas of what you should or shouldn't be like. That's what's keeping the light in. You're thinking, oh, if I just swung the door open, all this light would come rushing into my life and illuminate me. You're illuminated every second you're entertaining that. <laughs> every second you're, full, you're basking in this unbelievable room of light, but you're expecting it to come outside because you've taken the space of being a thing as being solid and empty of something, empty of the quality of being spirit. So now it has to get spiritual. Jesus, man, it's the oldest trick in the book. But every time I look back, I don't see any light in the room. Of course not, because you, all your walls are painted with your freaking thing picture. It's all James everywhere. So when they go, what's looking is what you're looking for, and you start looking, all you see is James, and that immediately throws you off the scent. Because I can't be, that can't be what's looking, that's James. I, I know James. James is a pervert. James is this. James is that. James has these terrible thoughts. James needs a lot of purification. And James also missed his meditation this morning. So James has been a very, very, very bad boy, James, today. Yes? Doesn't it happen that way? So who plays God with, with the idea of God? You! Yeah? You're the one that breaks, oh, I think I want to know God now. <laughs> okay. God, come on in my life. Come on. I know I've had you, I sent you over down the hall. Come on. God's everywhere, but I don't bump into it. I guess you're the bigger God that can experience not bumping into God. Yeah. 
So as we're sitting in this room talking about waves and, and oceans, we're drenched, we're totally sopping, and we're not noticing that. We're thinking an understanding will finally trigger it. No, it won't. No, it won't. An understanding is just a, an, an intermediate little step so that your mind, that hand that's got the, the doorknob blocked, may loosen. Yes? So then, if it stops not pulling it in, the door will spring open, yes? And then there will be a sense of the light coming out. And once that sense is sensed, you realize it's always been so. And that nothing actually ever happened. Don't we feel like that with the... I can't wait till I get it. Aren't you playing God there? As if you now made what's always so an event that may happen to you. <laughs> and usually it's usually based on what you do, right? Even if you believe that you had nothing to do with it, you'll go to that place where you thought it happened and you'll try to do everything you did that day before you went to that place and you'll get to that place and thought, oh, I'm not, be, I'm not being able to cause this. No, it's causeless. It's way before you ever appeared to be a you. Yeah? It's exhibited, it's pre- precedence, it's preceding whatever we call us, is offered every second because the first contact in life is consciousness, not you. You are not having contact with life. Consciousness is having contact, yes? Consciousness is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And isn't after that a reaction of mind saying, I'm the one that's conscious? Isn't it coming afterwards? So what's going on is conscious contact, and the mental reaction to that is after it. It arises and says, I'm conscious. Paul is what's conscious. And because of that system we're relying on, then consciousness is seen as a verb that you are doing. Once it's seen as a verb that you and I are doing, then it comes under what? Your managerial scheme then I'm going to do things to become conscious, and then if I do certain things that make me unconscious, I'll be unconscious. And what's forgotten is the state of consciousness. Yes? The state of consciousness. A verb without a noun. Yeah? But as soon as we claim it to be I'm conscious, we become the doer of consciousness. I'm verbing consciousness now. Yes? And so what happens? That everything that you do or don't do goes to the spiritual accountant and it gets measured. Alright, I really like that guy. When I went to his talk, I really felt good. I went to her, no, 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 no. And then, basically, you're just, you're accruing the spiritual value as a thing. When you are inherently spiritual, and the best way to quote-unquote accrue value here of spirit is not to accrue value. Just to recognize that's what you are. Yeah? So you'll have it by giving it away. Like they say in recovery. This isn't about totaling up your day's works. It's about forgetfulness of self. That life is happening, not happening to you. Definitely not for you or as you or by you. Yeah? It's happening. So the, that mental security of I know, even if you're totally wrong most of the time, isn't it true? The weatherman, that crazy weatherman up here, 
it has how how what's its percentage of being right on its forecast? I mean, maybe eight percent or less. Yeah, if it's luckers. Yeah, and yet we're so beholden to it, we still want to believe it. Not because of that, because there's an inherent drive in the mind to know. To know. It doesn't matter. If, the, if it, when it knows something, it kills it, basically. It doesn't matter if it knows something, it neuters it. It doesn't matter when the, a verb, a being, is trying to be known. It can never be known as a noun. You cannot know it as a thing. You cannot know spirit as a thing. It's a verb, yes? So how you know it is, I don't know. And the true security here is what you would call mental insecurity. You just don't freaking know. It's perfect like with this operation I had, because every morning, my little groin area dictates how the day is. It tells me, all right, the hernia feels a little better today. So I find out what I can do, and I take my cues by, by the physical condition. Beautiful. Yeah? It's all about finding out. There's no way I know. I, I can know. I can't see in there. It looks pretty terrible anyway. Yeah? But I wake up and you know, I find out. Okay? The same thing with this message. You don't know this message. You find out. You allow, you entertain it. It goes in there and then you see what happens. Yeah? You can't know the tree like Jesus says, but you can know the tree by the fruit. So, you start seeing, and by the fruit is like finding out. I can't see the tree, but then the fruits plop in, and, you know, put two and two together. Hey, fruit. So, by the fruit, you'll know the tree. A good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit. Now, your idea of good and bad maybe have to be given up, because you'll see, like some people are in a terrible situation, but they're as bright as hell. Yeah. Look at this life, really. Look at this life. You have a deck of cards, 52 cards. What most of us were dealt when we were young was, if you've got your outside circumstances, right, yeah? If you've got everything, you went to school, you met that girl, you had that kid, you did this, you did that, it would translate into you being satisfied and happy. Yeah? At least in the West, that's most of what we get socialized into. All right, so by doing and having, I'll arrive somewhere, and that will create a being. A being of being happy, joyous, and free. Yes, how does it work for most of us? It's a failed system. Yes? So that's what they told us. Then some people have realized that's not true, so now they're trying to get really physically healthy. Yes? So let's say they're doing 12 hours of yoga a day, going on yoga retreats. They can turn their body into a pretzel. But after a 12 hour yoga event, they're still flipping out. Because they don't even have a sense of being in the body, they're in the idea of their minds concept of the body, and they're never perfect. Yeah? It's always going to be an urban renewal project. So, and then, there's the mind. So, let's say you have five Ferraris, you've got a beautiful house, you've got the beautiful wife, like the, the talking head song, the beautiful house, the beautiful wife, the beautiful car. And yet, it's not translating, yes? Because about five extra thoughts will override those $300,000 worth of cars in the garage. Okay? Five little thoughts during the day will just erase your giant vast empire and its influence on you. <laughs> it has no influence. All that stuff, all your titles, everything, just like that. Okay? Now the physical thing. 
the physical, you can be super healthy, but the circumstances and situations may not be good. The mind wants onto that, overrides your physical condition. Yeah. But in this deck, there's an ace, and that ace is a spiritual condition. Because the spiritual condition can outshine your circumstances and situations, and it can outshine your body condition, and it can outshine your mental state, which is the most important. Because most of us have only reached that mental state. That's the highest card. It trumps everything else, doesn't it? All the riches in the world are forgotten by thinking about something. Yes? All the physical health is gone by bitching about the you know, newspaper boy missed your porch today when he threw the paper. But the spiritual condition overrides everything like that. What's the best way to maintain the spiritual condition? To practice? The best way to maintain the spiritual condition is to be a spiritual condition, not to have one. Yeah? Most of us are having one. The primary identification is being a thing, and we're having a spiritual condition by activities. Yes? Which the thing, the mind part of the thing, is playing God around all day. But to be a spiritual condition is to recognize I'm not that. When I'm not this, I don't have to go any farther. It's in the recognition of what I'm not is what I am. You cannot ever find what you are. Because you're it. Yeah? The eye can't turn upon itself and see itself. It's just impossible. So that whole wanting to know who I am is just a ridiculous, ridiculous mental journey. When you realize I'm not that... Yes? That's on that journey. That's knowing what I am. Because it's pure, clear seeing. Yes? And that's what's always been so and has never been different in any moment that you feel you've ever had in your concepts of the past and what you're worrying about in the future. There'll always be consciousness when the now is arrived at. Yeah? It's the one denominator that can't be glossed over. It can be forgotten, but it cannot be erased. Yeah? It can be distracted from, but it cannot be made into being unreal. Yeah? It's just always available at all times. It's the ever-present invitation of conscious contact. It's just that has been claimed or hijacked by a mental process because it's claimed the conscious contact as you as a thing doing it. that is addressed, once that simple idea is entertained, I may not be that, yeah? Every bit of information that gets revealed, what you find out, all gets distilled into one statement, I'm not that. Not something you say, it's something you live. You travel as if you're not that. Yes? You travel as if you're not that. And that's the freedom from the bondage of self. It's as simple as that. The freedom from the bondage of self is not an event you and I are going to arrive at 2013. It's a living verb now. Like people say realization, but it's really realizing. It's a living moment now. It's a constant state of realizing. It's, an, it's, it's alive. It's not something that happened to a you. Yeah? It's always available. It's in that forgetting of self. It's in that self-forgetting. It's that, in that sense of dying to the self, whatever, however they want to cast it. But it's when your interest and attention is unwedded 
to that obsession with what you're not, yes, and then informs us of a life free from that self-centeredness. That's the freedom. Most people's interest and attention is absorbed in being who they think they are. They can't get out of it. Even when they don't want to be thinking about themselves, they're thinking about themselves all night. The, the, the mind is representing life every day, how it could have been different. What if I shouldn't have said that, or if I would have done this? It's all you, 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 yes? How can you go there to the problem and expect a solution? Realizing that thinking is a failed system. What happens? You suspend your incredible devotion to it, and you open up to finding out if that's true or not. And hopefully, you have the ability to be convinced, so when the evidence comes flying in, you'll just acknowledge what's so. And then you'll know the problem by the solution. When there's that freedom from the idea of self, you realize that was the quote-unquote problem, being absorbed in that idea of being a self. Because the relief that you never had as a self comes from not being one. Yeah? The relief that you've always wanted as a self comes from not being one. It's like problem solution. There's no confusion or ambiguity. You realize, oh, that's why it was so heavy. <laughs> because now it's light. What's what's absent? The obsession with that. Oh, okay. And it's all like about beating a dead horse over and over again. The whole message was delivered a long time ago. You've already had it the whole life you've been in. Just waiting there, waiting there. You keep have, thinking the door is not comes from the outside. No, no. When but now? When? You're not prepared enough already? You haven't gone through enough? You haven't seen enough teachers or whatever? How many books have you read? You know, waiting for the next whatever? Where's that, where's that truth going to be filled? Hey, a Saturday in Marin City. Sorry to break the news to you. This is it. Ammonious, drenched atmosphere. Where are the temple bells and all this? There ain't any. You know? Incense would be nice. We like the bare bone approach. Thinking, no, no relief here. I mean, I'm telling you, have you ever heard this statement, worshipping at closed temples? You're like this, the walking sacred ground that goes into the temple, finding, looking for an experience of sacredness. You are the walking sacred ground. You're giving everything all the meaning it has here. You and I are giving everything all the meaning it has. This is a subjective experience. You have a big role to play here. Yeah? I think we're very passive in a weird way. We want something to happen to us. Yeah? We want someone else to bring the news. 
we want someone to verify it, but like like a notary, spiritual notary public or something, stamp it, okay, yes. Yet, you know, you could have, I swear, I believe this to be true, the greatest saint or saintess or whatever, women's saint you call it, in the world of all your longings, if they appeared here today and walked right up to me, and you, let's say you, and they said, you know, there was nothing you ever needed to do, there's nothing you ever need to do, and there's nothing you ever will need to do to be totally spacious and bright and light. Yeah? And you probably get washed with such a sense of relief from this super authority. But I bet you three hours later, you'd be doing something. You'd be meditating again or like that. That thing that you thought was the authority, the final authority, would always rise to clean. Yeah. You're the dreamer of this place. You, dreamer. There's only so much other people can do. It's always left at the feet. Yeah? That's an imaginary clip because you're not a body. It's always left with us, yes? A recognition. A recognition of what's not so and the immediate sense of what is so. And then the greatest solution to dissatisfaction is just plainly being satisfied. Yeah? A satisfied where the need to be liberated is dropped. If you see it's totally pointless, what needed to be liberated doesn't exist. Yeah? And then that freedom that's always put off to the next retreat or the next whatever is felt now. Yeah, a second. Immediate. I used to shoot drugs. And sometimes you'd shoot in the neck because after the arm was still took too long. So I thought, it's too long. I'm waiting like half a second. If I want to get right to the heart as soon as you can. So you can just have an immediate blast off. Yeah? This is even faster than that. You're already stoned. You're already high before any activity of trying to get high. Yeah? And then maybe you may not want to do what you used to do to get high. Be it sit and Maybe you will. Who knows? Maybe you like doing that stuff. It doesn't matter. But the whole meaning of it will shift because it won't be leading you to any mythical freedom point in the future. Yes? The immediacy of freedom will be now, 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 now. Not put off for a second or a month or a week or an hour. Now, whatever the circumstances of hernia operations, other operations, it doesn't matter. What's always will be there as long as you're alive is the consciousness. Yes? To have, we're looking for something reliable here, aren't we? Why not what's always so? It's your inherent nature. That consciousness is your inherent nature. Can you imagine if you could just... Because we're devoted to head, obviously. Look at us. Most of us have tons of faith, and we're all miracle workers. You can actually make a feeling in your body by entertaining what's not happening. You can be worried that next week you may have cancer, and you'll feel anxiety and all this now. I mean, that's... That's actually a bigger miracle than Christ raising Lazarus, because at least Lazarus was alive at Sealy one time. We're just bringing things out of nothing all day. Can you imagine that that faith shifted from self to what's prior to self? Yeah. Instead of anxiety and worry about and concern about you as a thing in the future, you would have an ease and comfort now. 
in the expression of this thing. Same faith, exact same faith. Just what vehicle to put in. You want to put it into your thought system? Look at it, you're freaking a mess. Honestly, and, you know, I... <laughs> most of us never experience fear anymore. We just experience anxiety about what we're afraid of. Constant, constant mental anxiety. Ever been in a real bad situation? There's no thoughts involved. When I had bad accidents, I've never, there was never a thought at all. Seriously. There was no narration of the events. It was just like a this immediacy of the event because the whole yapping got just shocked into stopping because it's a verb. Selfing, there is no noun. There's, nothing's happening to you as a noun. That's the verb of selfing. That's its story. It writes a narration of life based on things that are happening to you as a noun. That's also a verb. Yeah? When something happens, you see, realize, and I mean a big event, You'll see, there's no, nothing, no, there was no thing that happened to. Yes? It just happened. The whole idea that it happened to you is brought to you by mind. Not by the event of the day, but by the interpretation of the mind. Yes? There's a different way of traveling. Yes? Um, in, that, in that example, I get, um, I get hung up on the physicality versus the spirituality. And what if there's an actual outcome to the event that didn't happen, like you broke your leg? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I guess that process of, you know, how that didn't happen when I, after the fact, I broke the broken leg. <laughs> who has the broken, who has the broken leg? The body, yeah? Right. right. the same problem, separation of Well, it's just taking the body to be you. You think you have a broken leg. Yeah? Just like when the thoughts in your head sound so enticing, it's usually because they have your sound of the vocal cords, right? That's a pretty big leap to call the sound of these vocal cords your voice. I would say that's identification, yeah? Well, things happen to the body, obviously. And there's going to be, in the world of appearances, let's say this chair is an appearance, and I rub it against this wall, it'll leave a mark in the wall, yes? And even when I lift it up, there may be marks on the floor, because that's also an appearance. But in the space that all these things are appearing in, is there any mark of the chair in the space? What's the difference between this body and the chair, really? body is a thing, yes? If I left here, the only way you knew I'd be here was through memory. You wouldn't see me anymore as a thing, yes? And yet, I can get hurt by appearances. I can break my leg if I hit this thing hard enough, yes? This leg can be broken, like that. But, in fact, the only thing that can be affected here is other appearances by appearances. Anything that happens by these appearances affect the space that we're in. If you look at the space like the sky, and you see something going on in the sky, even if it's raining, is the sky getting wet? No, the earth's getting wet, yeah? It's appearance is getting wet, but the sky's not getting wet. 
The wind's falling through the sky, but it's not wetting the sky, is it? What we call sky. Clouds, let's say planes fly through the cloud, through the sky. Yeah? Do they run into sky up there? If you shot an explosion and it blew up in the sky, would it cut the sky open? What we call the sky? No. So appearances affect appearances, yes? But do they affect the space they're appearing in? So I would say you, what you are more like to me is that space that things are appearing in. Yeah? So what happens to an appearance here is important, because this has a self-preservation chip to the appearance, but it's not happening to me as the space, is it? How, why, what better way to travel lighter here where you can get hurt quite a lot than not to be what's traveling through this place? Yeah. Even though it doesn't say the traveling stops, it's going to be a traveling through seemingly. But you know, it's like in AA we say rule 62 is don't take yourself so seriously. Self and body are very synonymous. So when you take yourself not to be so seriously, you travel lighter through the the, uh, the experience of a body. Don't you? That's what I'm pointing. Everyone else is trying to figure a way to travel lighter as itself. Yeah. They think if everything would just get, I want everything to get different, but just as I am. Don't you really? A lot of times, you just wish everyone would do what you wanted them to do, and then obviously it'd be like a trickle-down economy. Once I'm happy, everyone else would be happy, because I'm happy. Too. Yeah. Isn't it that way, in a sense? Everyone is attempting to try to travel lighter, just as they are. They're having a difficult time putting that how they're traveling and what they think they are is very connected. All I'm saying is, let's see if that's so for you. Is how things are going and who they're going to, uh, is there a connection? Or am I a solid, separate thing that things are imposing their will on me and affecting me? Yes? If I could just control those things, I would be doing great. Or is the idea of being this participating in the effects of all those that's, yeah. all the that's effects on this, is there a lot to do with this? I would say so. So, instead of trying to manage the world and your situation and the people around you, how about look at what needs to manage things? If you may not be that, you'll see that something that was unmanageable may seem manageable now. Yeah? Like in recovery, in the third step, first step, it says, we admit that our life's unmanageable. When I looked at that, I saw why my life was unmanageable, because I, as this, was trying to manage it. That's why it was unmanageable. Life is not inherently unmanageable at all. We give it the meaning it has. Yeah. So if we're giving it everything the meaning it has, and it's coming from self-centeredness, guess what? You're going to take things to be real, with powerful effects on you, because you're a real thing. So now things are going to have a huge influence on you as a thing. Yeah. And things are very unruly, aren't they? I mean, that surface of the ocean just rose up and hit my head that day in the water when I was broke my neck. I'm so fucking pissed. Just, it was a high tide, suddenly it was a low tide. And what the hell? Very personal. No one else, it didn't happen to anyone else that day, surfing, just me. The fucking Cronkite was looking for me. The fuck was me. This is the point of view you take, don't you? From self-centeredness? Is it working? 
How are you going to dislodge that as a self? How is self-centeredness going to be dislodged as a self? The whole system is based on being a thing. All your thinking protects you as a thing. If you're relying on that, how are, what are you going to... What's going to be taken as you if you're relying on that system? Nothing. If you're unconscious to the consciousness, you're going to take yourself to be a thing. Obviously. The only thing that's going to override that is the sense of consciousness. Yes? Because consciousness precedes you appearing as a thing. So then you'll start, instead of seeing from what you think you are, you'll see the building of what you're not. Yeah? Instead of seeing from what you think you are, you'll see the building of what you're not. You'll see it. And in that basic seeing of it, more than 800 pages of scriptures, there's a zap in your gut, I'm not that. Now, you're cast in the sense of, I don't know, and then you start finding out. Downloads start happening, yes? And things get that may have been weakly hoped for have a strong foundation now. They become actable here, not, not into the afterlife, but to now. You travel lighter now. Yes? Not with the hopes, I'm going to travel heavy, with the hopes that I'll travel lighter in the afterlife. No, now. Yeah. Proof's in the pudding. I mean, you can't... Once you find out, it's... If, you, if it's left up here in the place of I know, I know and I don't know just bounce back and forth. Yeah? How many times do you think you were thoroughly convinced and an hour later you're unconvinced? In the head. Literally. How many times do you, were you con- thoroughly convinced you were never going to do something and then two days later you were doing it again? This thing cannot be convinced. It's convinced and unconvinced. Convinced and unconvinced. There's a... There's a conviction occurs, let's say, in your gut that overrides that back and forth. Yeah? It's a done deal. I've seen the light, so to speak. Well, like Ramana says, your head is in the tiger's mouth. It's a done deal. You're thinking you still have a choice to extract yourself from it. You're going down to the belly, Bubba. You're already in that momentum. Wait a minute. I've got to read another book about Ramana. No, you're going down. You've already been infected. It's already a, you're, you're ridden with the anti-disease already. You're riddled with it. You're looking for antidotes to that by spirituality. You're trying to stop the progress of it. Oh, let me read again. Let me sign up for the next event. So, I'm feisty. I'm getting back. I'm almost in fighting style. A couple more weeks. Yes. I think I learned 